the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimbo? Oh, Tyson, I'm really excited about our guest today. I've been following him and his adventures for about, I think, more than a year now or almost a year. I'm sure he'll fill us all in. He's a good friend of ours. He came to the very first Max Law Con back in the day, and we're big fans of him. His name is Don McClure. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about it. Don, so this is very, very exciting because you've had a chance to do something that many of us have dreamed of doing, but have never taken the leap. But before we get to that, just tell people about who you are and uh Really, what's brought you to this journey? I've been practicing for 29 years. I'm coming on 30 years next year. And I've done pretty much just about anything. I've done family law, which I was just not for me. I've done criminal defense work, which I did love. And I did personal injury, which I still do now. And I, and I love that a lot. So I've done a lot of different things, practiced a lot of different kinds of law. I was practicing what I always call threshold law. If it came across the threshold, I would do it. And, you know, one of the things I learned, especially going back to the original MaxCon days, the very first conference and before was to, to really niche down. And that is something that was hard to do. My clients are almost all Hispanic. They want me to be the lawyer doing everything for them. Uh, they have a lot of trust in me. And so it took a lot for me to, and you know, Edith, my wife, y'all know her pretty well. We talked about it a lot and it was a hard decision to niche down because it was a little scary to give up income from other areas. But it turned out to be a great decision and it's allowed me a lot more freedom. And so about seven years ago, I started reading books like Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week. Not that I really expected four hours to, to be my work week, but just the mindset. James Sharamka that I know Jim listens to uh, wrote a book called Work Less, Make More. And it got my my thoughts going. My mindset was changing. I was thinking about you know, technology, for example, Filevine that I know, I, I know you used Tyson, Tyson, but I put it all together and I started making this plan in my head. And the, the one thing that was missing was Edith's approval, <laughs> which is probably the most important thing. And I had been talking to her about it for a long time. And unfortunately, it was the pandemic, I think, that really changed her mindset. Not that we never could do it before, but we wondered how we could do it, 
how we can still maintain contact with the clients. But with the pandemic happening, we realized we, were, we could go at home and the clients were okay with it. They just wanted to be kept updated. They're okay with text. They didn't have to meet in person. Things changed the way you did business. And the other factor was, unfortunately, we had a friend that passed away during uh, the pandemic due to COVID. And he had just retired. He worked so hard, made lots of money, was a very good lawyer. And in the end, you know, he had been retired just for a few weeks, you know, when he passed away. And I think that made both of us, Edith and I, feel that, you know, life is too short. You know, what can we do differently? How can we spend more time with the kids and have a lot more freedom? So it's funny. We went through stages where a lot of people talked about having a kid and then that was the impetus to starting a firm. Now we're probably going to start getting to the stage where people are talking about, you know, winding down their firm or doing things adventurous like this. Why don't you explain to our listeners, Don, what the adventure is that you and Edith have been on? Well, it's been almost two years. We're about a year and a half right now. And we have originally, my plan seven years ago was not as ambitious. It was to move to Mexico, where my wife was originally from. I was still going to litigate cases. We do. Now I refer it to somebody who helps me litigate them. Uh, but I was going to be able to fly back and forth from somewhere in Mexico to Houston, which is not that far. But we decided really, Edith really wanted to travel more. So we decided to do that. I'm referring a lot of my cases out now. I do have three children. One of them just graduated college. She's actually working for me and planning to go to law school next year. And then I have two other ones, a 16-year-old uh, who's in high school and a nine-year-old. And they're both doing real well. And one other thing about the pandemic was we realized that schooling could be done online. And the classes that Nathan is in, he, they're actually, he will have a regular high school diploma from Texas, just like if he had attended school every day. So now we're working a lot. We, you know, I think people think we're only on vacation, but really we do work a lot. I get up early. The time difference is, is quite a bit, eight hours. Where we are right now is in Romania. We've been all over Europe for the last year and a half, and we're hoping to stay here until about June of next year when we have to go back for Nathan to take the ACT. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. And um, sometimes it's exciting and sometimes it's just boring, just like being at home. But it's been a great adventure. I have some practical questions that I'm sure a lot of people have, because I would love to do this. I think this is so awesome. What do you do with like your, like your pets and your car and your house? And like, how do you, how do you deal with things like that? Well, for sure, you don't have to go all extreme in like, like, like we did, but we sold everything we had ex except for what could fit into a storage container. And we sold our house. We sold our two cars. We, you know, we're debt free. So didn't have to worry about anything. I have an office with a friend that I don't have to really pay anything, which is really nice. And so it allowed us to have a lot more freedom, not having all the liabilities, you know, or a lot of debts around your neck hanging there. And so it gave us that freedom to be able to do that. But it was scary to do all that. And I'm not saying we won't have a home in the future that we'll go back to that we'll buy. I doubt if it will be in Houston, but it's allowed us so much freedom and and so much uh, adventure and and our kids to experience things that they never would do otherwise. And I think I realized, you know, during the pandemic, you know, time is very short and I only have so much time with my kids before they grow up and move on. And what do I want to do? How can I best serve them? And it's just grown into this. So walk us through the decision-making process to try this. What were the fears that you had? What were the things that you were concerned about? 
What were the big stumbling blocks to letting this work? Number one was to have the freedom to be able to move around. So for me, that meant I couldn't do a litigation anymore. So that was the first thing I had to slowly start resolving or referring to somebody else. I also had to get all my technology ready to go. For Filevine, I have everything online. I don't need papers anymore. Um, so I'm pretty paperless. I could do, you know, through Zoom, any meetings I really need to do, automatic text and things like that with the clients. Good communication was is definitely probably the most important thing. I, I miss not shaking hands with the clients. I miss not seeing them looking in the eyes, you know, together in one room. But there's so many more opportunities too. I think clients are not real eager to drive, you know, when I was downtown, downtown, uh, to come meet with me or to come to my office, even when it was closer. I think that they still want to know who I am and they want to get a sense of that personality, but they don't have to meet with me, you know, in person. And I think that was the biggest stumbling block for me is realizing that, that, you know, they don't have to do that and they're okay with that as long as they feel comfortable and have that trust. So I think those were the two biggest things I had to overcome. The other thing, especially for me, where a lot of my clients come from people that we've known a long time. They could be family, they could be friends, they could be former clients, things like that. And how do we stay relevant? Because we were always doing things like charity events. We had one called Selfies with Santa that we had four or 500 kids every year to come to. Uh, we had other things we did for the community. And we were wondering, well, what's going to happen now that we're not around? And that has been tough. And that's something we're still working through. But what I realized when we came back after a year, our first year, we came back into town and even people that knew us very well, they seemed to confuse that I was still practicing, you know, that I was, we were still doing personal injury law, that we're not retired, we're not living off retirement. And that was, it kind of hit me in the face that we were not doing something right because it's my responsibility and my job to make sure that our clients or potential clients existing or past know that we're still out here, we're still working, we're you know, still available for any type of call and to call us. So that's something that we're trying to address now. That's a great segue because I want to ask you about how clients are reacting to it. Because let me tell you something, like whenever we moved our house from St. Louis to Columbia and we've got the two offices and by far the bulk of our clients are in St. Louis. But I mean, I kind of kept it a secret for a long time because I was really worried about how clients were going to react. You're not even in the same country. <laughs> so how are clients reacting? Because you're not hiding it. You are putting it all over social media. I think it's great. I think it's great marketing, by the way. But what is the reaction from clients and re from referral partners? I think that referral partners, that's tough. Almost all of our business does come from previous clients. I will say that. Almost everything we have, like 95% of what we do comes from clients. And when you already have a client's trust because of the way you've treated them before, of your interactions you've had with them in the past. I believe that when they have that kind of trust in you, that trust transfers to the person that's referred to you. And you get a bit of, a bit of that trust automatically and you're able to sign up clients. I don't think they're really concerned I'm in another country. They're really concerned, can I still communicate with them the same? Can I still you know, give them the same information that they wanted before? And if I can make them feel comfortable at that level, it's the same as whether I'm next door or you know, over in Romania. I don't think they really care as long as they know that their case is being worked and that they're being contacted regularly and that they have a sense of um, a bonding with you even over the internet. 
The Guild is maximum lawyers community of lawyer entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you will build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country four times per year. And in 2023, we've added a half-day workshop to each mastermind where you'll learn new skills while working on improving systems and aspects of your personal firm. Then take the hot seat on day two and work through your most pressing challenge. It's all inside the Guild. To learn more, visit maxlawguild.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is our good friend, Don McClure. Don and his wife, Edith, are on a world tour uh, running their law firm from throughout Europe and around the world. We're really excited to have Don on. Don, I was going to bring up that issue of marketing. And I know you guys have done some great social media stuff on this grand adventure. What are some ways that you've been able to leverage this fun trip into marketing channels? Oh, well, that's a great question. When you say marketing channels, do you mean for the law firm or do you mean for, for example, this is my shirt. I don't know if you can see it. It says family abroad on it. And that's our, our logo. I don't know where the camera is. There you go. And so we've created um, a website. We have a YouTube channel. We have a TikTok, which our TikTok's a lot of fun. Edith takes care of that. And we're having a blog. And eventually, I'd like to monetize that as well. So we're pretty busy handling that portion. I don't really expect to make money from this. But it's kind of like a journal. We're creating a journal that you know we'll have for the rest of our lives. And I think it has a lot of good information for people who want to do this. Maybe there are other professionals, maybe not. But other families that are considering doing this can get an idea of what we do to make this work. And I can tell you that everything you know I've, I'm doing in Family Abroad are things that I've learned through you know, MaxCon or, or the basic tenets of marketing that, we've, that we all talk about. They can be applied to all these different areas and not just law. And so I haven't, this is a great question because I'm wrestling with this very issue about how to, do I, do I want to even say more that we're traveling more and make it something about the traveling lawyer or doing that kind of thing? Or do I want to keep doing what I'm doing, which is I'm not hiding it, but people are not always you know, knowing about it. They know that I'm remote. They don't necessarily know that I'm always traveling everywhere around the world. And so that is something I really am trying to figure out what to do with. I want to ask you, I guess, so many questions about this, but I guess this one is like, how do you deal with things like finances? And because I, I have a lot of practical questions about this, but like, how do you deal with the finances? And like, how do you deal with banking and who handles your finances back at home? Like whenever a settlement check comes in, like, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I know we're getting a little bit into the weeds, but I'm so curious about things like that. No, that's a great question. I'm very fortunate to have a, you know, a really good friend that, that does all my litigation for me, that allows me to have an office, you know, in his office, who I get, I get all my mail goes there. And it's somebody that I trust. And I could have somebody go and pick it up, the mail too, but, but they process it for me. Any checks, he's able to go to my bank and he has a power of attorney so he can handle things for me. It's a great local bank, uh, which is something that I wish I had learned earlier about is having a relationship with a banker. And that's made a huge difference. So it's very fortunate that he can go and make all these deposits for me. Then everything else we do electronically, we used to write you know, checks for clients. And I do miss that part of it where they would come in for the settlement. But now we do everything electronically. We do the electronic deposits that way. And so everything is done electronically. Edith pretty much handles all of that for me. 
Don, tell us some things that surprised you about this. Like, what are some things that you just never saw coming or hadn't thought about that surprised you with this process? I think I was most surprised that, well, there are a lot of other people who are thinking about doing something similar. And, you know, to feel like I'm inspiring somebody, you know, really makes this very worthwhile. Because just a few years ago, I didn't really understand how how doable this really is. And so I think that's probably made the biggest impact on me is to see that I'm following through on something I really wanted to do, even though it's not the norm. And to have to settle my mind, you know, about what is success to me compared to what the norm is to be successful. And am I okay with being myself and being my true self and doing these things, knowing that I could fall flat on my face and knowing that it still could happen? I don't know, but it's been so worth the risk of doing these things because I don't think there really could be anything better for me to be doing right now with my life than what I'm doing. And I can, I, I don't know how many times in my life I've been able to say that, pretty rarely. So I'm, I'm very happy with where I am right now that I took a chance and that we're still taking a chance and, and Edith and I are walking through this together. And so, I, I don't know, I, it just surprised me about being an inspiration for others because I never really thought that I would be in that situation. What are some of your favorite moments on the trip so far? By far, it's meeting other people. Like we've seen some beautiful places. If you go to our TikTok, I'll, I'll plug, you know, you can go find out the most beautiful landscape, Switzerland, best beaches, Greece, all these other places. They're all wonderful. And I love seeing the culture and I love seeing the different religions and, and opening up my mind and opening up my kids' minds. But meeting people has been absolutely the best aspect of our trip. Meeting people from all walks of life. You know, just Sunday night, a few days ago, we were, we had dinner with the host of who owns this Airbnb we're at in in Romania. We've become friends with just by accident of other people. For example, in France, we met a couple there and we kept up with them on social media. They found out that we were going to Italy. Well, she is from Sicily. My dad is having a 50-year wedding anniversary with my mom. You have to come. So we flew down to Sicily for the party at their house and it was the best thing ever. And so truly meeting other people and really getting to know them. And part of what we're doing is trying to slow travel where, where we stay somewhere for a month. So we actually try to get to know some people, see what the locals are like. And that's been a great part of the adventure for sure, is meeting other people. Don, I definitely think a lot of people are going to find this to be very motivating. What are some steps that people can do to get ready for something like this? First, I'm not sure that every practice area could do this. If I was still doing family law or criminal defense, or, you know, you have to be going to court. If you plan on litigating, I think you still can do it if you did something like I was originally thinking about, you know, being in Mexico, somewhere close by, Canada, you know, or somewhere else in the States even. You know, you can do that and fly back and forth because normally, you know, when your settings are, you can batch them all for one week, for example, then go back home for the other week or two and then come back and forth. And now with Zoom, you can do a lot of things from your house as well. But technology is your friend. That's hard for me to say because I struggle with it. I wrestle with it. But I had to do that because that's allowing me to have the freedom that I have now. So the steps are mindset, number one, you know, that make sure if you're married that your spouse is, is on board with you because nothing's going to happen without that. Make sure the technology is ready for you. And then just you have to take the step of faith. And, you know, it's okay if you, if you it, as long as you make that step, whatever happens after that point doesn't really matter. You know, as long as you're fulfilling what you really want and trying to do, everything else will work out okay. 
Don, what are some of the challenges that you faced or the mistakes that you've made along the way during this process? The biggest mistake I think I've made is not really keeping up with my clients like I should have. I'm talking about nurturing you know, past clients. I'm talking about nurturing and educating current clients. And, and so we used to always have, we had our monthly newsletter we sent out. I'm not doing that anymore, but I am going to go start doing my electronic newsletter again. I stopped doing calendars for a little while. That was a mistake. The calendars, some of them I know get thrown away, but other ones are sitting up in you know kitchens, my clients' kitchens or in the closets or wherever, and they have them there with my name on it. Um, I'm going to start doing some regular mailings. Uh, today, for example, we're sending out uh, little pies to every one of my existing clients. For Halloween, we sent out like 20 packages to you know, former clients that re- refer me business. And I just want to make sure they know, hey, I'm still out here. I'm still relevant. We're here to help you. Call us for anything. And even if I can't help you with it myself, we'll find you a good lawyer to take care of it. I will still want to be their legal hub. So the biggest mistake I've made was really not keeping up with the marketing that got me to the place where I was, where I could do all of these great things. I just kind of stopped. And that was a big mistake. I got to say, that's not what I expected you to say. So that's really interesting to me that that's where you went with that. So that's really, really interesting. That's a good lesson for everybody. But like not taking the foot off the gas. Yes, exactly. That's hard to admit too. <laughs> Don, have there been any instances where you wished for your law firm's sake that you were inside the United States? No, I can't think of one thing that I've missed by traveling that if I ever felt like I couldn't do my client the best job possible because I'm traveling, I definitely wouldn't either would not be traveling or would not be you know practicing law. I think it's really important that I still have the highest standard for myself, you know, that I, I want to do the best job for my clients and not just for my clients, but I want to do it because I want to feel good about what I do. So I, I really can't think of one thing that's changed other than wanting to meet with them still face to face, shaking their hands, you know, when they, when they hire me and telling them, telling them everything's going to be okay and doing those things you want to do in person. But other than that, I really feel like uh, there's nothing I miss by being out of the country. So our good friend, Jim Hart, he moved out of the country. I don't know, within the last few months, which is really interesting, it was shocking to me. Like they, he doesn't even speak the language. I think he moved to Spain or something like that. I don't know where exactly we moved, but- Portugal. Portugal. So he moved to Portugal and didn't even speak the language. I thought it was so fascinating. But during this time that you've been out of the country, have you thought, hey, maybe we should, we should move out of the country? Move out of the country permanently? Yes. Yeah, permanently. Like, 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 and like what places have enticed you the most? Well, I'm going to go meet with Jim Hart in January because after we leave Romania, we go to Vienna. We're going to hit some Christmas markets for my wife, Vienna, Prague. And then we fly to a beautiful island called Madeira, which is closer to Africa, but it's part of Portugal. And then we're going to see Jim over uh, in, um, in Lisbon. And Portugal, I have never been there, but Portugal will definitely be on my top of the list of places to go. It's one of the safest countries in the world. They have really good programs for people to move there like, like us. Uh, with minimal amount of income per month, uh, so it's a very it's a very doable country, and the people there are supposedly very friendly and very welcoming. Spain would be another place that definitely be on my list. Mexico for us would probably be the highest uh, because that's where Edith is from, and and we would love to explore more of Mexico. But those are the three countries I would definitely consider. There are other ones that that allow you to come stay for up to a year. For example, Albania. Or the country of Georgia, which probably nobody really hears about, but there's lots of places you can go, you know, either temporarily or to get a, you know, a, a permanent residency. 
There's so many options and some of it has to do with money. The more money you have, you can get to certain programs. Other ones are just about having at least a minimum amount of money per month and, and the doors open for you. You mentioned, Don, getting up early in the morning and sort of connecting with your team here in the States. I'm wondering logistically, like, how does that work? Do you go to some other room? Do you go downstairs? Like, how do you do your work without the distractions of family life? It's tough, but it depends where I'm at. For example, we were in Cyprus. I would go every day to a co-working space. It was so great because it was uh, inspiring to me to see other people. I was the oldest one there by far. The younger people, you know, opening all sorts of kind of businesses, software, all anything you can name it, they're there. From Russia, from Ukraine, they're sitting next to each other. You know, they're you know they're there to, to create their businesses, whatever it is. And that was awesome to have that experience. Here in Romania, we're very rural. We're in Transylvania. We're in the, in the mountain area. And so there's really no place for me to go unless I want to drive somewhere for two hours. So it makes it tougher. Now, I, I still get up really early, but y'all are eight hours behind us. So, for example, right now it's 5.30 here and y'all are eight hours behind me, 9.30. And so in the mornings I get up early, I usually work on things before everybody wakes up. Like Edith, for example, she stays up real late. She'll be up to like 2, 3 in the morning here this time, you know, have, serving our clients, which is at 5 p.m. in Houston. It's midnight here. And so she's able to take the later shift. I do get up early. I work on things before everybody wakes up when it's quieter. I also work on the family abroad things. and then. About when it's, you know, nine in the morning in Houston, I do call my team. We talk about what's going to happen with the day and we work together on projects and, and tasks. And it's doable with the eight hours difference. We're thinking about going to Southeast Asia next. That's 12 hours difference. I don't know how that's going to work, but, you know, definitely I've had to learn not to be such a micromanager. That was a big issue for me. I'm trying to learn that it's okay not to be there from nine to five. I can have some flexibility with that should be a benefit you know, of, of trust with my staff. And so it's something that I've had to overcome is my need to micromanage and let some of that go, knowing that the work is getting done. This is so incredible. I'm so excited for you. We're going to go ahead and wrap up because I want to be respectful of your time. But this is I'm just so happy for you and Edith. This is so, so awesome. So hopefully you'll tell Edith hello for us. I do want to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. Don is in the big Facebook group. So join us there. You can say hello to him. Uh, if you want a more high-level conversation than what's in the big group, go to maxlawguild.com and we'd love to see you there. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode, please, if you don't mind, give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Help spread the love to people that need it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Usually I give a big introduction and explanation of my hacks, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give it to you straight. This comes from Guy Kawasaki, and he stumbled upon this quote while reading Tim Ferriss's book, Tools of Titans. Here's the quote. If you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. If you run into assholes all day, you're the asshole. Truth. Well, Jim, let me ask you, do you run into assholes all day, Jim? No. <laughs> well, very good. That, that's fantastic. Who do we attribute that quote to? Guy Kawasaki quoting Tools of Titan. So, I'll have to go through Tools of Titan and figure out who actually said it. I like it. That is really good. Don McClure, you know the routine. Do you have a tip or a hack for us? I do. I'm going to go back to James Shramko. He's, he's a great marketer. And if you like to listen to Australian people, it makes it better. But he has all sorts of entrepreneurs on his program. But the one strategy that he talks about the most was is owning the racetrack. 
And that means don't put all your eggs with Facebook platform that you don't control everything or YouTube or other things. Mostly it's your website, but I also think about owning my racetrack, the things I can control the most of marketing to my past clients, my present clients, and even my future clients. Those are things that I can control. That's my racetrack. That's where I can control everything so that no matter what happens, I'm always going to win. I love the racetrack analogy. That's really good. Excellent stuff. All right. So my tip of the week is funny because I'm not using it uh, on this podcast, but some of you may be wondering, how do we connect our cameras to our computers whenever we record these? And right now I'm actually using Camo to use my phone as my camera instead of my webcam, but I use CamLink. It's for my actual camera. It's hard. It's not zooming in on this, but it's called CamLink. It's a little device that allows me to connect my Lumix camera to my computer because not all cameras have the built-in software to do that. So if you have a camera that doesn't have the built-in software, I just run an HDMI cable from my camera to through the cam link into my computer and it allows me, it's really simple. It's the size of a fire stick and it's really easy to do to use the software. It just basically, it, you download it and it automatically uses it for you. It's pretty easy to do. So if you're ever wanting to do that, that's how you don't use cam link. Don, thank you so much for coming on. This is such a cool thing to watch. Such a cool journey. I, I don't know when you plan on ending the journey, but I wish you the best of luck and safe travels from now until you come back. Thank you very much. I appreciate both of y'all, all that y'all have done for me. And, and I can tell you that all my good friends that I still have are a lot of them are, are part of MaxCon. I mean, it's uh, the Maxim Lawyer has been a great resource for me. I have found mentors there. I found people to mentor and it's a wonderful resource and it's a great bunch of, of people to be involved with. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks, Don. Appreciate it, bud. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.